0: Good morning, welcome again to Morning Devotions. I'm Pastor Summerall, the pastor of Cathedral of Praise, and thank you for joining me in devotions this morning. We just read the Bible and worship together and pray together. And now, yes, I probably spend more time praying than we do in this normal one, and I spend more time myself singing than we do other people singing for us, but we're trying to facilitate this for everybody. Thank you for letting me be with you this morning. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful for your hand that is placed upon our lives. We're so grateful for your presence that fills our homes. We're so grateful, Lord, for all that you have done for us. Lord, as we look back over all the years, you've never failed us, you've never forsaken us. We sing the song that you've always been faithful and Father, you have been. We come to say thank you. You're not just our God, you're our Father. There's a closeness there. There's a love in our hearts for you, and there's a love in your hearts for us. Father, I ask that in these days, let, let duty fall out of the hearts of the people, and let love for you just fill their hearts. Let religious duty just fall away. And let their hearts just be filled with love. That like Paul of old, Lord, we would be controlled by the love of God. That your love for us would direct our lives and control our thoughts, and your love for us would control our decisions and our futures. Father, we just want your will in our lives. We want to be like Jesus. We want to say, here we are, Lord. We've come to do your will. Father, I pray for all the seniors today. May there be no fear in their heart in Jesus' name. No fear. You have promised, Lord, and faithful are you who promised that you would give them a long life and a life worth living. I pray, Father, for all of our frontliners, the bankers, the med reps, the, the technical people, the doctors, the nurses. Father, they're working so tirelessly. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you supernaturally strengthen their bodies. Let your strength be within them, Father. Lord, as they give of themselves so selflessly, let your hand rest upon them. Let the angels of God guard them in all of their ways. and Father, break this thing off of our nation in Jesus' name. Lord, we don't want to just endure this thing. Lord, we want to see this thing broken off of our land. We know that there are things that come into this world from the devil, Lord, that shake everything that be shaken. But Lord, we've built our lives upon you. You are the solid rock. We've built our lives on your word, Lord, and obedience to your word. Your word is a solid rock father let not one business of your people be shaken let not one career of your people be shaken father let them stand strong firm and solid on the rock that is their god i thank you for it father in jesus name just pray in the holy ghost Bo Bo sol la ramache andara mo ko la ramako shata bo sol ramakashati ki sata bo la ramasa la ramako sata la ramakashota bo sha bo sol i bota. liha in jesus name and father we pray for our president we pray for all of our cabinet officials, our senators, our congressmen, our mayors, barangay captains. Father, in Jesus' name, let there be no corruption in this time. Father, in Jesus' name, you hold their hearts in your hands. Steer every heart to benefiting the people. Steer every heart toward doing what is best for the people. Let there be no selfishness, Father. Let there be no personal agendas. Let the heart of every one of our governmental leaders, Father, at every single level, be focused on caring for the people. Hold their hearts in your hand, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, every morning we start with Psalms chapter 91, so let's start today. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness. Remember, there's a, a spiritual element to this this coronavirus. It stalks in the darkness. God doesn't live in the darkness. Satan lives in the darkness. We're people of the light. It stalks in the darkness. Nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand. God didn't say we wouldn't see other people die. But it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. Did you hear that? No evil, no scheme of Satan. Jesus came, we talked about it last night, Jesus came to destroy all the works of the devil, everything he's ever done, everything he's doing now, everything he will ever do. Jesus said, this is my purpose. This is the reason I came. (laughs) I love that. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the addler, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love. Now, sometimes, you know, people think that God changed between the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's the same God. He says, I, the Lord, don't change. Therefore, you're not destroyed. God doesn't change. Remember with me, what was the greatest commandment God gave Moses? You shall love the Lord your God. Jesus, Moses teaches that in Deuteronomy at least twice. Jesus quotes it in the New Covenant. He said, listen. Because he holds fast to me in love, not in duty, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. You've got a personal relationship, you know God. When he calls to me, I will answer him. You talk about an encouragement to prayer. I've asked you to pray three times a day, Daniel's prayers, morning, noon, and evening, like Daniel prayed. If there was ever a motivation to do this, he said, when he calls to me, I will answer him. When he calls to me, I will answer him. That's God's promise for you. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What a wonderful God we serve. How do you even begin to talk about the wonderfulness of our God? I don't even know if that's a word, the wonderfulness of our God. My friends, Call to him this morning, rather than be afraid of things that you're hearing, rather than be afraid of the, the, the future, call to him and he will answer you. Rather than being concerned about how you're going to feed your family, call to him. He will answer you. Let's open up our hearts and stand with me and let's worship together. Our New Testament passage today picks up in Luke chapter eight, beginning with verse 40. Luke eight, beginning with verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Now, one of the things I hope that you're learning as we go through this passage and read every day together is that words matter. Every word matters. Sometimes when we read our Bibles, we just blow through it and we, we miss incredible truth unless we take the time to read it word for word now you've often heard me say that i don't read my bible like any other book other books i'm a speed reader i can blast through them pulling out concepts pulling out good ideas and just fine just go down the page but with the bible i never scan ever i just don't do it now i want you to notice a passage that we could have blown right by when Jesus returned the crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. Now notice he was rejected at the garrisons. He's welcomed here. What is the difference? The crowd was all waiting for him. You can go into services where people are waiting for Jesus that came to be with Jesus. And you can go into church services where people are waiting to be entertained. They want they came to see a star, a singing star, a preaching star, whatever. And the service is very different. And what occurs in that service is very different. Miracles happened here because these people were waiting for Jesus. For the rest of your life, I pray that every time you come to the house of God, every time we gather together in his name. I pray that your heart will always be waiting for him. We sing the song, waiting here for you. Well, that's what needs to be in our heart. We we don't come to the house of God to to hear a sermon. We come to be with Jesus. Yes, we'll learn, but we come to be with Jesus. We we don't come to see a star, We, we come to see Jesus. And notice, who welcomes Jesus? Those who are waiting for him. Who welcomes revival? And all revival is is a visitation of Jesus. I'm coming quickly, Jesus said. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus said. That's all revival is. Who welcomes it? Those who are waiting for him. Who welcomed Jesus? Oh, I'm getting preaching now, forgive me. Who welcomed Jesus at his dedication in the temple? Those who are waiting for the consolation, those who are waiting for the Messiah. Now, you need to always look at your heart and you need to always look at the purpose of the people around you. Why are these people here? I don't want to go someplace where people are there for a social gathering or to see a movie star or to to see a singing star. I don't want to be in a place like that because nothing's going to happen. We're going to have a nice evening. It's going to be very pleasant. But my life's not going to be changed. We need to be a people that are waiting for him because people who are waiting for him welcome him. Now, do you see what I mean? You've got to go after every word. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue. Ruler means he's like the pastor of the synagogue. Now, this is not a biblical office of ministry. This was made in the synagogue system during the intertestamental period when God had withdrawn from Israel. This was a man-made religious system, man-made doctrines, man-made leaders, man-called leaders, man-trained leaders that had nothing to do with God. But he was like, he was in charge of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. Now that's amazing already. He was waiting there for Jesus. Now, please remember, all these Pharisees, all the scribes. All of these people hated Jesus. So here's a man who is greatly respected in the religious community. He's been made the head of the synagogue. And he's willing to buck tradition. He's willing to to turn aside his reputation in the religious community. He's waiting for Jesus. And he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying now. I'm a I'm a dad of an only daughter, I understand. When you only have one child and she's a daughter, she is the precious jewel of your life. And this man really didn't care what all of his religious friends thought. He came and he fell at Jesus' feet and said, please come and heal my daughter. As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. Though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. Now, notice this woman has an issue of blood. She's bleeding. It's like continuous menstruation. give the indelicateness of my words. But because of that, in Jewish culture, now I'm not saying Bible, but Jewish culture, she was considered unclean. She should not touch a man, and she should definitely not touch a rabbi and make the rabbi unclean. But also notice this woman had spent all her living on physicians and she could not be healed by anyone. Now there's a truth that sometimes, forgive me, we Christians need to get a hold of. Now let me take you back to the journey that we have walked together. Forty years ago, we had no money. (laughs) We had nothing. You remember those days. Very few people went to the hospital because you didn't have the money for the hospital. You didn't have the money for the doctors. If Jesus didn't heal us, well, we died. I mean, we, we've lived those days, but now we have money. And thank God for prosperity. Please, I'm not criticizing it at all. Thank God for prosperity, but now we have money. But you know what? There's some things money can't buy. She views all of her money on physicians. One of the things you're gonna realize is that there comes a time when money and human knowledge, end. you run out of money, people run out of knowledge, nobody can help you. This is why I'm always teaching you about healing. There's gonna come a day when a doctor looks at you and says, I'm sorry, I have bad news for you today. Uh, You have stage four cancer and you're going to die. That's when you need to know, you know what? Jesus healed me of a headache. Jesus healed me of an ulcer. Jesus healed me of arthritis, and Jesus will heal me of this cancer. You you have to come to a place where you realize human knowledge will run out. Money is going to run out one day. I mean, there's, forgive me, that's just life. But Jesus never runs out. (laughs) Now you get a hold of that. The power of Jesus never runs out. So she spent all of her living on physicians. She could not be healed by anyone. I mean, she tried every consultant, she'd had every second, third, fourth, fifth, and 20th opinion. She came up behind him and now she does something that's not right. She touches the fringe of his garment. As a woman on menstruation, she is not allowed to touch a rabbi. Now just in normal days, women didn't go around touching men. In fact, (laughs) one of the funniest things that ever happened to me in Israel is there was this gift shop in um, the airport in Jerusalem, or in in Tel Aviv. And I was looking at this little silver lion. And I was going to buy it, and I thought, nah, just shouldn't spend the money right now. So, you know, I reached out my hand to say thank you to the lady that she had been kind to me, and I'm sorry, I'm just not going to buy it. And she pulled away as if I had tried to rape her. And this look of horror on her face, and I just... It. And another lady came over and began to talk to me. I didn't understand. I thought, "What have I done wrong? What, what, and what have I done?" All I did was reach out my hand to shake her hand and say, "Thank you." Well, it turns out to this day, Orthodox Jewish women do not shake hands with anybody. Don't shake hands with a man. Now you have to understand these traditions have been going around for thousands of years, and they were there in Jesus's day. She came up two strikes against her. She's a woman and she's bleeding and she touched the hem of his garment. Now, there's a principle here. Sometimes you have to break the rules of men to receive a miracle of God. I didn't say break what God says in his word, but sometimes you have to break the rules of men to press through and touch God because sometimes the rules of men will keep you away from God. I didn't say what God says in his word. I said rules of men. And immediately the discharge of her blood ceased. Now there's a beautiful truth. Healing is real. It wasn't a psychosomatic syndrome, and you know, it just immediately she released faith, and immediately the blood stopped. And Jesus said, "Who is that that touched me?" And all denied it. Peter said, "Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you." But Jesus said, "No, no, no. Someone touched me, for I perceived the power." has gone out from me. Now, this was a different kind of a touch. This was not somebody walked up and patted me on the back. She said they touched it. Power has gone out from me. Now, I listened to a preacher one time stand up and say, power goes out from me. And I, ah, Power goes out from Jesus. All right, okay, let's, he's the healer. Someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, She came trembling and falling down. Now, why? She had, as a woman and as an unclean woman, touched a rabbi. This is why she came trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people, she said, You know, I know, I know this is wrong. Why she and so she explained why she touched him. She just gave an explanation. And he said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, would you look at Jesus? Would you look at the Savior? He doesn't follow the religious rules of putting women down. He doesn't hold up the rules of men. This woman should be stoned. She touched me and she was unclean. He doesn't uphold the rules of men. He looks at her and a Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go in peace. I like that. Jesus said, there's nothing wrong here. Go in peace. Peace means the absence of conflict. Go in the absence of conflict. There is no conflict here, daughter. But now, more even more importantly than the fact that there's no conflict, your faith, not his faith, not the faith of the apostles. One of the things you see as you go through the Gospels is that there were people that were healed by Jesus' faith. There were people that were healed by the faith of their friends. And there are people that are healed by their own faith. This is a woman who had faith in Jesus. (laughs) Oh, I better be careful or I'll start preaching. But I love that. Go in peace. Go in the absence of conflict. There's no conflict here. Doctor, there's, there's no problem here. Doctor, you've done nothing wrong. Go in peace. He doesn't take away the joy of her miracle. Verse 49, while he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came. Now here comes the the leader of the synagogue. Someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. (laughs) Now there's a principle I want you to see here. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. Have you ever begun to pray for something and you know that God's got it? just like this man knew Jesus is on his way to heal my daughter. It's going to be all right. And he's feeling so much better and he's encouraged. And then your daughter's dead. He comes crashing down. How many times in our lives has we walked into a difficult situation and we've begun to pray and believe God. And there's just this assurance within us. It's going to be good. And so we're encouraged. We're moving forward. And then things get worse And you go, my goodness, Maybe I shouldn't have prayed. It got worse. What does Jesus do when he hears these negative words, this negative report, this bad report? But Jesus, on hearing this, Jesus heard the same thing the guy heard, answered him. He didn't answer the, the other guys. He answered the man. Now, the man had never said a word. He answered the man's heart. Now, look at that. Look at how carefully it says it on hearing this answered him now i'm going to circle that word him in my bible that's a great that's a great thing to focus on jesus didn't answer the people with the bad report jesus answered him but he had not said a word he answered his heart do not fear only believe and in the greek it's in the continuous sense stop being afraid and keep on believing ah Sometimes there's a decision to be made. When things get worse, he speaks to your heart. Keep on believing. Don't let your faith die. Don't have a little short burst of faith. Only believe, keep on believing. And she will be wow. Well. That, that was Jesus's promise, I, I love that. So you know, before this, he hadn't said a word about the girl's healing. Before this, he hadn't said a word. He said, okay, I'll come. Now he looks at the guy and says she will be well she will be well that was his promise when things get worse look to Jesus to speak to you look to Jesus to make a promise real to you ah this is oh this is good stuff i love this and when he came to the house He allowed no one to enter with him. Why? Because they're all, except Peter, John, and James, and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. (laughs) And they laughed at him. My friends, how many times in my life have I watched people laugh at the statements of Jesus? Laugh at the words of Jesus. No wonder Jesus didn't want any of these people to come in. Talk about no faith. And they laughed at him knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called saying, child arise. They knew she was dead. You know what? And they were right, but they didn't know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Ah, so they knew natural truth. They did not know spiritual truth. Oh, this is good stuff. Taking her by the hand, he called, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned. Ah, so her spirit had left her body. She had been dead. The body without the spirit is dead. Now, again, I, I look at that word return. Her spirit returned. And I go, well, where had her spirit gone? Did he call her back from heaven? It it says he he called out to her. He called. So he didn't just speak to the little girl. He called. Was this a call that went through the heavenly realms? Had had she already departed her body and her spirit was with with the Father in heaven? Did Jesus summon her spirit back from heaven? That's one of those question marks I have in my Bible. Where, Where had her spirit been? I mean, we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So did he call her spirit back from heaven? Now, notice again, the word is very specific. He called, he didn't just talk to her body, her spirit was gone. He called saying, child arise. And her spirit returned and she got up at once. She didn't get up, you know, six months later when Jesus raised the dead, it didn't take five hours. It didn't take three days. If the dead are going to be raised, they're going to be raised right now. know, I was talking with a person one time and he was trying to raise the dead. And he said, Pastor Summerall, have you ever raised the dead? I said, no. I said, I've seen, I've seen people healed close to death, but I've never seen a dead person raised. He said, have you ever tried? I said, yeah. I said, nothing happened. He said, I've been trying for three days. And I said, if you've been trying for three days, please put the guy in the ground and bury him. He said, well, no, we're not going to give up. Well, I want you to notice when, whenever in the Bible somebody was raised from the dead, it happened immediately. As soon as this began to happen, this was, this was not a one-day job. This was not a three-day job. At once, and he directed that something be given to her to eat. Now, that's an important truth miracles do not countermand natural law. If she has not eaten, her body is going to be weak. If she's been sick for so long that she was at the point of death, she's not eaten. If she's gonna have her strength back and be able to walk around, she needs to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Now, again, for years I had a question mark in my Bible about that, and I still do. But maybe the thought is this, don't rub your noses in people's wrongness don't rub their noses in their wrongness you know when some people have been wrong you don't need to go nyan nyan, nyan, nyan," and rub their nose in it sometimes you know let's stick to the goal the goal is to give this child back to her parents the goal is not to prove anything to these people out here who are laughing at me so jesus didn't rub their noses in their wrongness he had no need to prove his rightness ah great truth Verse nine, or chapter nine, verse one. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority. That's ability and authority. The ability to do something and the right to do it over all demons, not over a few demons, and to cure diseases. Now, you need to understand something here. It didn't say, and to cure all diseases, it said cure diseases, but over all demons. This is why you'll often hear me say, demons are easy, people are difficult. Jesus has given us authority over all demons. You need to understand that. There's, there's not a demon in this universe that you and I need to be afraid of. He's given us ability and he's given us authority over all demons. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. All right. So the purpose of this ability and the purpose of this authority is to go out and proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal not to charge people money for it. And he said to them, take nothing on your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, didn't say they healed everyone, but they healed everywhere. Every place they went, miracles took place. Now, there's something I want you to see here. This was what I call a training mission. They had to learn to live by faith. Now, when they walked around with Jesus, we saw the other day that everything was taken care of. There was a group of people who traveled with Jesus, the three women and a large crowd with them. And out of their means, they supported Jesus. But now these guys are going to have to one day go off on their own. Thomas, we know, went to India. Peter traveled through the dispersion of the Jewish people around the world. Paul traveled through the entire Gentile world that was known at that time. All of these men had to be able to go out and live by faith. So he said, listen, I'm not going to send any money with you. (laughs) I had a young man come to me one day. He said, Pastor, I want to pioneer a church. I said, great, go. He said, no, I want you to support me. I said, why? I said, if you can't live by faith, You can't grow a church. If you can't feed yourself by faith, you can't build a building. You can't build what's necessary to take care of a family of God. If you can't take care of yourself by faith, you can't take care of a congregation by faith. You you learn these lessons small. Now notice, Jesus was letting them learn the lessons small. This was a short trip. Let me say that again. This was a short trip. But they had to learn to live By faith, and they had to learn to stay on message, and they had to learn the purpose of their ministry. was not to everybody, hey, come see me. I'm the great apostle of Jesus. It was you preach the kingdom, and you heal people everywhere you go. So stay on message, understand your purpose. Now, Herod the Tetrarch heard all about what was happening, and he was perplexed. I make a little note in my Bible, Jesus still perplexes people. Jesus just confuses people, all right? I mean, you've never met anybody else like Jesus. Because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead and by some that Elijah had appeared and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen, Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. Now, notice, in Jesus's day, people had a lot of different opinions about Jesus. Rather than try to discover that he was the Messiah, everybody had opinions about Jesus. Herod had opinions about Jesus that flowed from his guilt because he killed John, whom he knew was a righteous man. And notice, Herod sought to see Jesus. You notice Jesus never went to look him up? Hey Jesus, Herod wants to see you. You notice Jesus never went to him? Now, later on at the crucifixion, in that first holy week, yeah, Herod finally saw Jesus. Well, not a very nice experience for Jesus, but Herod saw Jesus. But I want you to notice, Jesus never went and put himself up. Jesus didn't go to Seporti and hang out with Herod and the rich Roman elites. Jesus didn't do that. He was busy ministering to people. Now, now pastors, here's a thought for you. Quit trying to hang out with the rich people and quit trying to hang out with the elite and just go preach the gospel and heal people everywhere you go mm, that that'll preach all right let's go spend some more time in worship